Tuesday night, Dara gave us an inspiring talk about the third of the four Brahmaviharas, which is mudita, usually translated as sympathetic or appreciative joy, and sometimes simply as gladness. So it has connotations or flavors of gratitude too, which in some ways makes it perfect for this day of thanksgiving. And in light of that, I also want to acknowledge that this invitation to cultivate gladness, appreciation, gratitude is an invitation. It's not a commandment. Because just as with Thanksgiving Day itself, our relationship to it, our history with it could be mixed. And this invitation to orient our hearts and minds in the direction of gladness is not in any way intended to deny or negate that there are still areas of our lives where there may be deep pain. And we need to fully honor and acknowledge those areas, meet them with compassion, self-compassion, equanimity. Nevertheless, as I said in my talk a few couple of weeks ago about the whole four Brahmaviharas, sometimes in the process of opening up to difficulty, we can find ourselves getting lost or drowning. And at those times, it can be skillful to consciously turn away from the difficulty and to look at the other side of the scale, the other side of the balance, to acknowledge what's going well, what we can appreciate, what we can enjoy and celebrate, so that when we have more balance again, we can open more fully to the 10,000 sorrows and the 10,000 joys. So this afternoon, we're going to be doing some mudita practice together. Just a little bit of context, and as a reminder, coming back again to that quote from Caroline Burroughs and Paul Jones, they describe mudita as the love that celebrates, and it's an antidote to envy. It is not competitive. If it slides into agitated excitement, upeka or equanimity brings the heart back into balance. So traditionally, mudita is the love that celebrates, and it's usually in relation to other people's happiness and good fortune. And at first this may seem counterintuitive, but as we experiment with this practice of appreciating other people's happiness, we start to discover that it increases our own happiness as well. So the Tibetan master Shanti Deva says, all the joy the world contains has come through wishing happiness for others. All the misery the world contains has come from wanting pleasure for oneself. So this capacity to celebrate and wish for other people's happiness brings us many benefits. And having said that, for many people, mudita is the hardest of the four Brahmaviharas to cultivate. So remembering that these are what are euphemistically known as purification practices, 
That means they're designed to show us what gets in the way. And remembering that slogan, if it is in the way, it is the way. It's actually good if we start to see what gets in the way of mudita, because then we can start to do something about it. One of the first things we often recognize is our biological hardwiring to pay more attention to what's unpleasant than to what's pleasant. So just for that reason, it can be skillful to consciously tune in to pleasant experiences every now and then so that we can open more to the full range of our experience in any moment. And on top of that basic biological conditioning to tune in to what's unpleasant, we often have a lot of social conditioning too. Ideas that uh, mind states of joy and delight and appreciation are somehow undeserved, that we're not worthy of them. And that the practice is supposed to be hard work, uncomfortable, difficult, and painful. And then also within the Buddhist teachings, we can have the misunderstanding that pleasant experiences are to be avoided out of fear that they might lead to attachment. It's true that the Buddha warned against clinging and craving to sense pleasures. But if we can simply know the pleasures as they are without getting caught in them, then that's not a problem. So being able to open to what's pleasant and what's unpleasant equally requires a certain openness, a certain kind of vulnerability. It can take a surprising amount of courage to open to and acknowledge what's going well because it's impermanent and at some point it will change. So I may have quoted uh, the social researcher Brene Brown before. She spent 16 years studying courage and vulnerability, empathy and shame. Some of you may know of her research. But she's recognized a very strong link between the capacity to feel vulnerable and the capacity to experience joy. She says, when we wake up every morning and armor up and say, I'm not going to let myself be hurt. I'm not going to let myself be seen. I'm not going to let myself be emotionally wrung out. I'm going to protect my vulnerability. When we lose that capacity for vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding. Because in those moments when we do feel joy, the first thing we think is, "Uh uh-oh, you will not blindside me, vulnerability. I will beat you to the punch. I'm going to stand here and squander this incredible moment with my child or my partner, or this incredible moment about my promotion. And I'm going to imagine the worst case scenario That way, if it does happen, it will hurt less. Which is why, she says, it's so ironic to me that people think that vulnerability is weakness when really letting ourselves fully soften into feeling is one of the most courageous things we can do. So how do we actually practice with mudita? 
as with all of these Brahmaviharas, we're encouraged to start where it comes most easily and to start small. Mudita joy doesn't have to be some kind of big ecstatic bliss state. It can be very light, fleeting, subtle. So for many people, just the word joy can feel like a stretch. So I'm going to mostly use the word mudita untranslated, and then you can put in whatever word feels most accessible for you. Perhaps gladness or appreciation or lightness. So the way that it's traditionally taught is that we offer these phrases that incline the heart and mind in the direction of mudita in relation to different categories of people. And again, in the service of starting where it comes most easily, we're going to be working today with the a good friend who's currently experiencing something going well. So if you can choose someone that you have a fairly straightforward and easy relationship with. And then once we have a felt sense of the mudita, we can begin to include more challenging categories of people. And as a way of kind of just jump-starting or, or kick-starting the quality of mudita, I found it helpful in my own practice to turn towards what I can appreciate in my own experience, even right now. So being able to tune into, say, the body right now and notice if there's any aspect of your experience that feels somewhat pleasant. Just very simple things. I mentioned this in the talk the other night. Might be just the warmth of the hands touching, the softness of the clothing against your skin, or the temperature of the air in the room, or the support of the cushion underneath your sitting bones. So we can just begin by noticing what's pleasant in our own experience, to appreciate that, and then gradually begin to extend that feeling of appreciation and gladness in the direction of our good friend. So again, just the remembering that we're not trying to manufacture any kind of emotion here. We're not trying to force it. That will be completely counterproductive. We're just cultivating this quality of invitation and seeing what flickers of gratitude, gladness, joy might very naturally arise. Okay, so just taking a few moments to really settle into a comfortable posture, whether sitting or reclining. Just allow the weight of the body to surrender into and to be supported by the cushions or the bench or the chair beneath you.
Letting the body naturally become heavy, stable, and balanced. Finding this balance of alertness and ease. And in the service of ease, you might begin just by steadying the mindfulness on the experience of breathing for a few moments. Noticing that with each in-breath, there's an opportunity to open to and to receive the gift of oxygen the gift of life. And with each out-breath, there's an opportunity to release what's no longer needed. To soften, to settle, to relax. Release and let Go. So you might rest the awareness on the breath and tuning in to this simple rhythm of receiving and releasing. Receiving and releasing. As you stay connected to the experience of breathing and this natural sense of receiving and releasing, you might notice if there's some increase in a sense of well-being. If there are some aspects of your experience right now that are somewhat pleasant perhaps even enjoyable. Or if this feels like a stretch, you can connect with what feels neutral. Not forcing or straining, but just tuning in and seeing if you can find some pleasant experiences right now.
perhaps as you tune in to these pleasant experiences, you might begin to notice a more general sense of ease and well-being. Perhaps some qualities of calm or openness. Perhaps a slight smile comes to the face. The eyes get a little softer And the heart begins to feel a little warmer, a little more open. So just tuning into your own body now and seeing if you can get this felt sense of how mudita Gladness, gratitude, joy might be showing up for you. You might even bring a hand to your heart center to see if you can feel this fine vibrational energy of gladness, gratitude, joy. And as this gladness begins to strengthen and grow, bring to mind now a good friend, someone you have an easy relationship with, and someone who is currently experiencing some kind of good fortune, happiness, and success that you would like to celebrate. You can imagine sitting in the presence of this good friend, bringing them into the room with you here today. Visualizing them, getting a felt sense of their presence, simply silently reciting their name.
in whatever way you can, feeling that sense of connection with your good friend. And then remembering and acknowledging whatever it is that they're currently enjoying. Tuning into that quality of appreciation for their happiness, success, and good fortune. And amplifying that feeling with the phrases, I'm happy for your happiness. I take joy in your good fortune. May your joy continue. May it grow. May it lead to deepening ease and freedom. So connecting with the meaning of the phrases as fully as you can and feeling into the responses in your own body and heart and mind. I'm happy for your happiness. I take joy in your good fortune. May your joy continue May it grow. May it lead to deepening ease and freedom. (coughs) So continuing in this way to stay connected to the memory, the image, the presence of your good friend, what's going well for them, And this quality of warmth, appreciation, and delight in their good fortune. And if at any time you notice that you've got distracted or the mudita energy feels to have cooled, you can simply begin again. Bring a hand to the heart and reconnect with the phrases. I'm happy for your happiness. I take joy in your good fortune. May your joy continue. May it grow. May it lead to deepening ease and freedom. Continuing in this way in silence now.
as we come towards the end of this session, just an invitation now to expand this field of gratitude, appreciation, mudita, to expand this energy outwards now to include your co-meditators, everyone sharing this retreat experience with you, bringing to mind their faces, their presence, the sense of mutual support for walking this path together. And taking a moment to appreciate the good fortune of all of us here today. To feel that sense of happiness for our happiness. Taking joy in our good fortune May our joy continue. May it grow. May it lead to ever deepening ease and freedom. Thank you for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.